All right, guys. Welcome to Radio Free Mavs. It's been, I don't know, it's been almost two weeks since I've done one of these. Um, I had some kind of connectivity issues in Vegas, and then what ends up happening a lot of the time is I, once I fall out of a habit, I have a hard time picking it up again. And I went like 10 or 12 days without podcasting, and then all of a sudden it had been 10 or 12 days. And that's just kind of, you know, life happens. It's also the absolute dead zone. Um, you know, we got this press conference coming up, which was kind of why I wanted to host this, uh, just so we could talk about anything that's worth talking about. But we're really in the, the um, we're really in between any areas of activity where, at this point, we're just kind of writing about whatever we want. Like half of the content at uh, Mavs Moneyball the last week has been um, some version of like alternative reality content. <laughs> like today's article that Matthew wrote was uh, about like what if the Mavericks had had drafted um, Giannis Antetokounmpo instead. And as Josh was editing it last night, he was just like, "This drives me nuts." Rick would have. <laughs> Rick never would have played Giannis and would have traded him after a single season, which just really cracked me up because that feels about right with uh, with what's going on with the team. Um, and then you know it's it's just kind of waiting around. I think we have this this Laurie Markinen situation. Uh, just watching it play out, I kind of think he takes the qualifying offer, which is weird because if they didn't want to pay him, they're certainly not going to play him. Um, so I, I think his value kind of continues to sink if he doesn't take that. Uh, Tim Cato said on whichever app he and Jake Fisher were on yesterday that the Mavericks are operating like they're going to end up with Goran Dragic, which for me is is relatively interesting because I had kind of, I don't want to say put it out of my mind. I think it's fairly important for the team just because they don't, I think more veteran voices um, are good. But I, I just kind of, I just, I don't want to say that it sailed, but I figured it'd be something we wouldn't revisit until closer to the trade deadline. And so that gives me um, a little bit of hope, uh, even though I think that they're going to be kind of just a monstrously good regular season game. Um, so, yeah, we, you know, we only got y'all in here. I don't really know um, what has happened in terms of uh, what's going on with the notifications with the app, because you guys have been in my rooms before. We normally have, you know, 40, 50, 60 people, but um, that's just kind of the way of things. Um, all right. So we got a couple of requests and then I had a couple of questions. Um, let's see here. All right, Sean, what's going on? Good, How are you? Doing pretty well. It's, it's been a while. Yes, it has so, been. So my question is more about the Goran Dragic and Laurie Markkinen. Do you think if it gets to the season, the possibility of them actually getting either of them tanks no i don't i think it actually becomes more likely because there starts to be like i think there's kind of two waves of free agency well waves it's like a it's the start and the end of the wave um where things happen very quickly in the beginning and then there's a lot of dead time and then it's it's like everyone currently is engaged in a staring contest um using Goran specifically as an example, he has said on the record that he's not interested in playing in Toronto. Now he kind of walked that back because I don't think he, I think for a moment he forgot that the internet existed and that people would find out what he said um, 
you know, what he said on Slovenian TV. And so he's trying to be a professional about it, but it's, it's very peculiar, um, you know, that the standoff is occurring because it really, if, if the Mavericks are like the Mavericks don't act that kind of confident unless things really are going to happen. I don't think, um, I don't remember. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just kind of projecting and hoping for myself when I'm talking about this, but I, I think that as the deadline to, you know, deadline, as the season starts, you know, training camp, like, uh, starts to go on, like there, there's just additional pressure because if you have somebody around that, that doesn't want to be there, or if you have someone around that it's just, there's this kind of awkward situation that, that can kind of cast a pall over everything else the team is trying to do. Now Toronto's young, but they have some pretty good players. So they're probably, you know, the way the East tends to play out every year is you never really know what happens. So they might be bad, but they also might be competitive. And so it, I just don't see why they would necessarily want to have, have Dragic around. Um, Lori is, is much more interesting because I don't know when, what the, I don't know up until when he can sign the qualifying offer. Um, I don't really understand how some of that works because guys either don't sign it at all. They get traded, sign and trade, or they sign an extension or the team just doesn't pick up the option. And I don't know if that's not possible. I don't entirely know um, what's going on there, but, but yeah, does that, that kind of answer your question or no? Um, it, it does. You know, I, I just, my thing is I don't know how much, or I don't think they have that much leverage because Goran mm-hmm. Dragic is, he's a valuable player. So if a contender comes calling, I don't think he necessarily would care that it isn't Dallas. I kind of, all right. So this is where I'm doing my best Dalton Trigg impersonation here. I really think it is Dallas or bust. If you look at his injury history, the last several years, he is not a Chris Paul, 36 years old. This is a guy who plays so hard and almost to the point of recklessness that he ends up hurting himself. Um, and, and, you know, it's part of why he was, you know, the Miami playoff run, he, he was probably their most important player. I would say arguably more than J- Jimmy Butler to a degree. Um, I'm curious. It, it is interesting though, because it, it, I, I've kind of, I've kind of discussed with some, or some of our Slovenian fans, you know, the notion of whether or not he might just retire. Now, I don't think he's going to leave, you know, when, when the team opted into his 18 million, like he's probably not leaving 18 million on the table, but it's just, it's something that's out there. I really think this might be Dallas or bust because at, at the point in his life where he is, it's, it's gotta be the situation that he wants it to be. So I don't know. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting point. So do you think his value everywhere else is, is just not there? I mean, 18 million is a lot is the problem. Um, if you look at kind of the salary bell curve, 18 million is on the, is on the higher side. And when you pay a guy that much, and this is really probably some of Dallas's thinking as much as it pissed me off about the money comments, you really go into that understanding you're probably getting 45 to 55 games from him. Like it's, it's kind of, you just got to weigh that in. And it's like, are you willing to absorb that contract just for that? Whereas, you know, I've talked about the the intangible stuff at length, and I think the Mavericks have, uh, in some way, shape, or form, managed to construct a uh, quite like a team that, in theory, is stacked with people who can communicate to Luca in a way that I think is different than you know former assistant coaches. Like they have a younger coaching staff now, 
And so bringing Drogic in on top of that, I think is really, um, I think there's just a lot of value there. So it's, but I don't, I don't know in terms of what other teams would be interested in because I don't really see what other contender would be able to ship out part. And, and granted, this is just a failure of imagination on my part. I'm sure there's something, but I'm not sure what other contender would be willing to ship off the, the pieces needed to get to the 18, like the 18 million ish range for the trade to be able to go through. Yeah, that's that's fair. I I have no idea either. It's just no. I, I'm just thinking he the position he plays is somewhat valuable. Sure. No, absolutely. Ball handlers are are you know they you know I, I, I um you know people are really looking for for ball handlers in any form that can shoot the ball, which he can do. So. Mm-hmm. And well, uh, for go oh, ahead. Oh no, you can go ahead. No, I was going to ask you, what have you been doing with yourself since we don't have any basketball stuff to consume? Uh, you know, job hunting. You know, there's, oh. there's, just, there's really not, not much going on with sports because I don't really follow baseball, even though yeah, me either. I scoreboard watch a lot on that, but there's just not, nothing really else going on. Yeah. It's, it's really just Mavs or bust. All right. Well, you got like 50 days until stuff picks up, and that's where yeah. we are. So I do want to add one quick thing. Sure. I thought it was really funny that they added Jerry Dudley to the uh, coaching staff because I thought they were go- I thought he was going to be added to the Mavs anyway, just not as a coach. Hmm. He, he I, been- that's go ahead. No, go ahead. I I I was kind of surprised surprised at the hubbub that caused like LeBron you know, commented on it. Mike Fisher had that hilariously well done, like just short post about LeBron cursing in a tweet and saying, you know, because he was not particularly thrilled that Dudley was leaving. Um, and a number of Lakers fans were were really kind of irked that they didn't make him a, a bench assistant coach. And I don't know, I maybe it's just because my personal opinion on, on Dudley is that he is annoying because he always seemed like he was going to be a guy that went into media as like podcasting and stuff like J.J. Redick. But then you kind of like look around, you watch NBA, NBA guys talk talk about him, and he seems like kind of that that vet guy that, you know, that, that's in the locker room and kind of helps bring things together. And it explains also why he has been defending Jason Kidd for quite some time. Like they're clearly boys. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I'm, I don't want to say I'm excited about it because like, I just personally don't care for Dudley, but I, I can't help, but, uh, you know, be amused that it, it has kind of caused like Laker people are annoyed that the Mavericks have taken two of their assistant coaches. Yeah. It's, I didn't, I didn't realize he was thought about in this light. Cause I, I'm, I have the same opinion to you. I think he's very annoying and, like the kind of annoying that would make him a really good friend of Mark Cuban or, or really good fit with Mark Cuban. Right. But you know, maybe he behind the scenes, he's just this super reliable veteran that, you know, right. Like the office, kind of like the office politician, the guy who goes mm-hmm. around and visits people in the cubes and kind of knows the pulse of what's happening. Like I, that, that kind of strikes me. I mean, he's a real smart guy too. Like I've heard him, like he very, he very much understands basketball. I just think, um, I just personally, <laughs> the media, the media appearances, uh, have 
just turned me off to him. I, and, and, but that, you know, that shouldn't matter. Well, Sean, thank you for hanging out. You got anything else? No, no, no. I've got nothing. All right. You have a good day. We'll talk soon. Yeah, you too. All right. Coming up next, we got Grayson. How you doing, Grayson? Hey, Kirk. How's it going? Uh, congrats on finally making it down to Dallas. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Never moved. That was a that was a horrible. Uh, it's been a, it's been a rough month. You know, it's funny. I'm I'm 19, so I'm gonna have to purchase you know an apartment or a house eventually coming up in mm. the next decade or so. And every every year of my life, I feel like people have told me just don't buy a house or don't move. Like it's a bad time right now. And I'm just like, man, like is there ever a good time for this? Oh no, there's no there there is never a good time. It's um. Moving across the country was like the real rub because when I lived in DC, I moved like five times and that becomes annoying. But my moving problems were just, were just a riot. And, um, you know, you, it, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like the NBA, you know, preparing for the NBA season where you think you can have all your ducks in a row and then one thing goes wrong and it causes like a cascade of problems that you don't think. So. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not much to talk about, is there? I guess there hasn't been much news. We did steal Jared Dudley, Luca's smoking over in Greece. Um, Which the the Luca Luka Luca, um, great content. Uh, I'm going to be thinking about those photos every time he looks out of breath. Uh, yep. <laughs> like Luca stuff is not particularly like I know it's not the worst thing in the world, but like. Not really very like like you're still inhaling smoke like what are we doing here <laughs> yeah i mean yeah uh, whatever i mean i i don't think he's probably he's probably not the only one that does it in the nba but clearly oh. uh clearly uh we've talked before on here about how eventually luke is just gonna realize that he needs to get in better shape if he wants to mm-hmm. play for the next level and uh not sure if that's happening this off season. He seems to be yeah. having a pretty good time. Uh, well, that's okay. I'm, I'm, I, I'm okay with that too. I mean, I think I've sort of had, and maybe this just comes from um, not, you know, n- not having anything to do other than think about it. But I've sort of had a bit of a, a revelation in the sense of I, I think just due to what what I do here in terms of having podcasts having locker rooms and really revisiting this stuff fairly frequently I think I underplayed just how crazy the last 18 months have been for NBA players where they're playing up until March 20th or 15th or whatever it was the season stops then they don't know when the season's starting so they have to kind of keep around keep in shape while also keeping apart from one another and you know, apart from everyone, even though nobody really did that, as 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 we have seen around the world, then the season starts up with the bubble, and then just as soon as the Mavericks are in the bubble, they're they're home. You know, like three weeks later, because they only were playing in the first round of the playoffs. Then they have a, an off season that is essentially two and a half months, and they had no idea when things were going to start again. Following that, and, and and you know, that seems to be just a the players not understanding like the financial realities until it was way too late. Then they basically go uh, and play games every other day for 70, you know, for 140 days. And, you know, we were following along. Everybody that joins these locker rooms is, is a lunatic and, and, you know, just covered like hovers over the basketball all the time. But if you think about it from a player's like body perspective, 
he they never really had any time to recover. So I'm kind of wondering, you know, and Luca obviously plays hard when he's not on the floor um, is the euphemism we will go with today. And it, it makes me wonder what happens if there's if the schedule is, you know, three days a week. Like they're playing basketball three days a week, not four to four and a half days a week. And what that does to his longevity over the course of the year. Like he is going to have to get in shape one day. But I also think with a little more downtime between games, he's not going to look like he did in that Memphis game where he clearly had like the meat and beer sweats from going out the night before. Um, that may still happen, but I just, I, I think that compared uh, on top of like the coaching staff stuff that we were talking about a little bit ago, I just don't know if he's going to be able to get away with some of this stuff. Like eventually the Mavericks are going to have to hold him or, or he and the Mavericks are going to have to hold him, him a little more accountable to, to his, uh, you know, cause he's just too important for the team, but I, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. Cause it's like, he, he obviously has a good time in off seasons, which he ought to, he, he, he deserves it. But he also last year, I think we're, you know, we're also kind of downplaying the fact that he went from being a guy that scored mainly at the rim and from the free throw line from three to being one of the best mid range shooters in the NBA. Like he just turned that on. So I, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what, uh, uh, I've been playing Hades a lot, and it's like like I'm 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 looking forward to seeing what boon he gets uh, in his run through the NBA this year because he's just like, I mean he's just so good. Anyhow, I rambled forever. Sorry about that. No, you're fine. I mean you're right. And the thing about it is like, say those pictures came out and it was, well, really anyone else on the Mavs roster, uh, and it was and those pictures came out of them uh, doing that, I may have been a little upset. But uh, <laughs> and uh, he could literally do whatever he wanted, and I would support it pretty much. So I keep, I'm not gonna get mad at Luca. So sure. uh, this is okay with me. Sure. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, I agree with everything you said. I want to come in and ask another question, but there's not there's just nothing that's happening right now. So I know, I know. What what are you doing? What are you doing with yourself in in the uh, in the in the hours between basketball? Well, uh, I go to UT now, uh, so... Oh, congratulations. Wow. Yeah, uh, so I'm starting my classes and stuff, but also, like, a lot of fantasy football prep and Mm. drafts and, um, yeah. Uh, It's it's amazing how much fantasy football content I can listen to and I've absorbed nothing. (laughs) Yeah, well, the thing about, I mean, fantasy is... I'll, I'll always come back to it and have three or four or five leagues because it's just the right amount of luck and skill, like combination, to where it's it's very very fun every year. Um, yeah. So yeah, I have I'm, of, like my friend, like one of my friend groups, another friend group, like my family, uh, my my work buddies, like yeah. I love no, I love it. I play in like six leagues, and I'm like the mid 2000s Mavs, where I never win, but I'm always pretty good, and it just but keeps you have me coming one back. Superstar that carries your team, right? You know, just over and over. Oh well. Well, thanks for coming on, Grayson. Good luck with those classes. My uh, my my only advice to to a call: Are you a freshman or a sophomore? I can't remember. I'm a sophomore. Okay, so so sophomore year is probably my favorite year. That was when I met my wife. I just I loved uh it's it's like the perfect mix because you've been in college for a year, you kind of know the drill. And then like junior year you have too much going on because you're thinking about life after college. So this this will hopefully be a fun year for you. I am very excited for it. 
Uh, still haven't had my first in-person class, and I've been going to this university. Oh my god! For, uh, oh. A year and a month now, but oh my gosh, uh, didn't even think about that. God, that's a disaster, man. All right, we'll talk soon. Hopefully, I'll, I'll, I'll try to have at least one of these a week. Um, now that I'm uh, somewhat unpacked, even though I'm staring at a room full of boxes. You have a good day, Grayson. Appreciate it. All right, coming up next, Jason. What's happening, my friend? Going all right, going all right. Don't really have much to talk about the math specifically, but do well, you want to so talk? About- I, I have a question for you. Did you sure. engineer? Uh, did you engineer Jason Richardson getting a one-year contract extension? <laughs> How the hell did that happen? <laughs> I mean, okay, I'll, I'll defend the contract from Boston's standpoint, and that they need more of these mid-sized contracts to yeah. be trade. So I think it yeah, makes they're kind of mad. Aren't they? Aren't they capped out? Like that was kind of. Yeah, they're like, capped out, and they extended smart, so they they want him to be there long term. So then they want Richardson just to be able to throw him to trade. That's my read on the whole thing. Love it. So I mean, it makes sense for Boston in that case because they have Tatum and Brown and Smart, and then just a bunch of rookies, right? So they need mm-hmm. that twelve million dollar contract. But do we want to talk about Rich Paul and what's happening in the news there and this Nerdlands Noel allegation? Love it. Good point. I wrote on this. Why didn't I think about this? I just yeah. I it's my it's my favorite thing, and going on at the NBA at the moment because people fall into two camps where. You know, and for for those who are who are unfamiliar, oh, wow, um, wow, what, wow, whatever, are you marking into the Cleveland for four for sixty seven? What? That's insanity! Him. Oh my god, I'm glad him. we did not get him at that price. Holy cow! Um, yeah, that's what is that? Seventeen million a year ish? Sixteen? That's Tim Hardaway yeah. Jr. money. <laughs> that's a great way to phrase it. Tim Hardaway Jr. money. Oh my mm. god. That's horrible. Yeah. Um, what is Cleveland doing? Okay, whatever. Cleveland, no, Cleveland no. I mean, is... it's it's what. The, so I think we should talk about it for a second because this is an example of us. Well, us. We're not in charge of the Mavericks. Um, not getting sucked into something that what you know that's not a good contract. <laughs> yep. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think I thought marketing honestly might be out in the league in three years. I think there's a very realistic chance of this. I'm just confused because his his rookie year numbers and his second year numbers, like his rookie year numbers, are pretty good. There like, was nobody was, on that team. That team was horrible. Like those Chicago teams are horrible. Like sure, were, I don't know. He, he just had put up counting stats because you're just a primary option on that team. And then once you actually get talented there, he goes to the bench. He can't play well in a limited role. He can't play defense. Like I don't know. I don't. I never got the infatuation of the Mavs fans about this. Well, I mean, he was he was good when he was younger, and he, he you want to project forward with the player, but he he's a guy who didn't really take any additional steps. And then the Bulls basically started using him the way the Mavericks started using Kristaps Porzingis, which says to me that if you're a big that can't defend the rim and can really only shoot, just because you ha- you want to dribble doesn't mean you can. Um, the 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 Cavs will probably find a way to use him in a way just because they're going to stink again. But it, it, he wouldn't have been a good fit for Dallas, particularly at that price. Um, I think if, if they could have gotten him on like a four for 44 or something like that, which is what everyone was talking about, that's a little more palatable. That's two-thirds the cost. Um, yeah, I was fine. I like the mid-level maybe just as a, another trade piece potentially. But yeah, this seems way too rich for my liking. 
Yeah, yeah, this is nuts. Now, Larry Nance, Grayson is is noting that Larry Nance Jr. is going to Portland. Now, that's a good pickup for them. Portland, uh, he adds things to them. Like, Larry Nance Jr. is what the Mavericks think Dwight Powell is. He, <laughs> like, he can actually play defense and does all the stuff that Powell does offensively. Um, Portland, all right. Then he had another first-rounder. Jesus Christ. <sighs> They have to yeah. hope that Dame is staying. Oh my God, Dame is news newsflash. Dame is not staying. He's not staying. I mean, I'm like to be fair, Larry Nance is a big upgrade over Derek Jones, but geez. absolutely. Oh God, I feel bad for Portland fans. This sounds like Elshay just trying to keep his job. No, I mean it absolutely is. And for it, the Olshay situation, is a fun kind of counterpoint to the things that I have complained about with Mark Cuban because. The the Portland owners pay no attention. He like Olshay is a man who basically like he's the general manager, and and the the Paul Allen sister who owns the the team after he passed away doesn't seem to have any interest in actually running the team. I wouldn't be surprised if they sell at some point. Um, and then you have and me versus I'm constantly complaining that our owner is like the direct opposite, where he's you know he's in he's in staff meetings, which is weird. Um, anyhow. I, I do want to talk about the Rich Paul thing, and I have to not say anything stupid, which will be hard for me, but I'm still very interested in it. For those who are unfamiliar, um, particularly on you know podcast-related stuff, I bet everybody in here knows, um, Rich Paul is getting sued by Nerlens Noel basically for lost income, uh, and the suit alleges that... You know, it was under uh, Rich Paul's advice that he turned down the Mavericks contract. What's a little curious to me is when, because I was under the impression that Happy Walters was Nerland's agent through that deal. Now, maybe there was some paperwork and there were some things that were going on that I just don't remember. Um, but the Mavericks offered him, it was like a four-year, $70 million deal that he turned down. And then after that, he went to Oklahoma City. He hurt his hand and didn't play much and has basically been signing one-year deals up until this previous offseason where he finally signed a three-year, like $30 million deal with New York. New Orleans is a good, serviceable center. $17 million was probably the right dollar amount for a guy like him at that age with the way basketball is played three, four years ago because it's changed significantly. It's probably a bit of an overpay now. Um, I think that... The people who who and there's a lot of people out there that stand for agents are weird as hell. I'm glad these guys are able to get as much money as they can for their clients, but at the end of the day, I watch basketball me personally for my team. I know there's a lot of younger fans who follow players around, but inevitably, I will still root for the Mavericks years from now. And I think agents have a little, like, the, the the power that certain agents have, Rich Paul being one of them, is not necessary. And it sounds like from this suit that he is not able to manage his, the Clutch Sports is not able to manage the number of clients that they have. Like, there's three guys from New York who all fired Clutch within an 18-month span. Um, one of the Morris brothers... Uh, Mitchell Robinson, who is kind of a, he's might be a bit of an outlier. The dude's had six agents from what I hear. And, um, and now, and, and now Nerlens, who is filing this suit. And, you know, I don't, I, I'm married to a lawyer, don't know much about the law, but I can, I can pretty much promise that this gets settled out of court 
and Nerland gets some money because Clutch Sports does not want discovery to occur because it would be bad for them. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I guess the way I feel about this whole thing personally, like, for as much as we kind of shit on Nerlens for the hot dog thing, honestly, that contract that we offered him was pretty fair at the time, I thought. And yep. it honestly would have aged not that badly. Like, even though Nerlens literally just went to Oklahoma City and played on minimum contracts, I don't think it does anything to our cap sheet. We didn't do anything with that money. So, like, it honestly I, mean, I think he would have made the Mavericks just a little bit better. And I don't think they would have been able to tank that hard in 2018. Or 2017, I, mean, I, think, I think if Nerlens is starting, though, you can move off him once it becomes pretty clear that this whole thing is not going to work and you're trying mm. to tank. So, I mean, I think it honestly might have just worked out either way, but I'm fine with it. I think the thing that's interesting to me specifically isn't the Mavericks part of this, because that seems a little bit more nebulous. Like, with Happy Walters representing Nerlens at that point, is kind of difficult to ascertain, okay, who's responsible for Nerlens actually turning down the deal, even though it does seem pretty likely to me that Paul was talking to him and being like, oh, you can get a maximum contract, $100 million or four years, just turn it down. And Walters is like, just take the money, bro. I'm pretty sure that's what happened, just for my own bias, but we don't have any idea. But the interesting thing is, like, that one year later, apparently, Brett Brown was saying that Philly wanted him back, and like Noel had like literally no idea until like this year or something, and yeah. that that's kind of insanity to me. That like I mean, if there's a paper trail with that, he's in he's in trouble. Like I think <laughs> I think that I think that part of it's really real, and that's why I'm pretty sure they're gonna have to settle out of court because yes. Paul does not want anything coming up. Yeah, because like you know, you file that lawsuit again, not a lawyer. You file that lawsuit for one of two reasons. You have crazy attorneys that advertise on television and are lunatics, or you have the smoking gun. There's kind of no middle ground there. Like, you have some ability to prove that. Definitely, definitely. And, like, I guess I don't want to shit on Rich Paul too much because, I mean, he's a self-starter. Like, yes, he got propped up by LeBron, and, of course, that helped. But, I mean, he's charismatic enough to get all these – all these clients apparently. So oh, yeah. I assume I he has some New amount York of talents. That, like that he has York, some. Did you read the New Yorker art interview with him? The really long Oh, I one? read that. Oh my. I mean, he, I mean, he's so vetted to LeBron. It's insane. It's like Lakers are our team, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm going to ignore that. There's some messy stuff there, but I like, I feel like I remember, like, I think I read something a couple weeks ago. Like, it's like, Shabazz Muhammad apparently turned down $44 million from the Wolves. Like, I think Shabazz Muhammad's made, like, $5 million in the whole freaking career, which is kind mm-hmm. of insane. KCP turned down the 5 for 80. I think he's probably going to lose, like, 15 to $20 million on that, and he had to take a bunch of one-year deals with the Lakers. That seems a little strange. Yeah. And I think I heard even, like, Marcus Morris, like... Yep. I think Marcus Morris, like, Paul wanted him to take, like, three for 41 from, like, the Lakers. And then, like, he gets, like, four for 60 from, like, what's that deal from the Clippers? Like, four for 60 from the Clippers? It's a lot more. So, I don't know. I, I just, I'm sure Paul is charismatic and great with all the players that he represents. But it does seem like he's stretched a little bit thin. And some of these guys, especially after New Orleans gets an injury and it's, like, not the top of the priority for him. He's like, oh, I'm just going to focus on LeBron. I'm going to focus on the big guys, the guys that really make me money, which seems kind of irresponsible to me, but it does make some amount of sense. The end goal here has always been for LeBron James to own a basketball team, and he'll own a basketball team with Rich Paul. 
So at what point, like when all this happens, we're going to look back at years of decision-making, years of things where Paul Clutch Sports and LeBron have positioned themselves financially to be able to make like a mega market bid. Because, you know, a lot of these guys will, will buy a team with, you know, a, a investment partner. I think these, you know, they're, they're building up a base of support to where they might be able to do something like this independently. Like LeBron really? is going to be one of the richest. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think so, at least. Like LeBron is one of the wealthiest athletes of all time. The investments that he had made have all paid off. Like this guy is, he is a, a they have done incredible stuff with their business. And to me, it's going to be particularly weird when Clutch Sports like liquidates like 12 years from now or something because Rich Paul and LeBron are buying, a, are, are making a bid to buy the Cleveland Cavaliers from, um, uh, you know, the, the, the family there. Like, it's it's just going to look odd to me because they've done all this stuff to put themselves in like favorable situations. I don't know. I'm I'm dipping into conspiracy corner here, but I've never you know the Mavericks don't sign clutch agents. Uh, Jared Dudley actually got pissy with me on Twitter a couple of years ago when I said that. He was like, "How do you know that?" It's like, go look. At them. <laughs> like, look, they don't have any clutch clients. You can literally look. Come on, Jared. Oh my god. But yeah, I mean, there does. I, I've always, I don't know, the whole agent thing is just really, really weird to me. It's kind of fascinating in some aspects because it does seem like agents and shoe companies kind of run the league somehow, which kind of drives me insane because, holy cow, shouldn't teams be the, like, I mean, player agency, whatever, but oh, it, it frustrates me a little bit sometimes as a fan of a team, especially one that doesn't seem to have ability to tamper or get into this, but maybe Nico helps us with this. Let's go full circle, right? Maybe yeah. Nico helps us get in these conversations and get to these agents and get to these shoe companies and get all to the real power brokers of the league. That's right. That's right. I'm glad you came on, Jason, because I, I, I'm sitting here like, what am I going to talk about? And I wrote the story because I was just fascinated by it when I saw it come out. So thank you for uh, for bringing it up. Well, have a good rest of your day. And I don't know. Thank freaking God we did not sign freaking Laurie Marketing for four first Tim Hardaway Jr. money. Oh my goodness! I, I'm in a I'm in a slack with some some a lot of like former like w- once and former basketball writers. Um, and one Cavs fan who's in the chat says, "I want Kobe Altman tried for high crimes and misdemeanors." <laughs> that that team has that team has Jarrett Allen, yeah, and freaking Evan Mobley. Like what? What? I mean, I guess Mo. I guess they're both fives, but did they I mean, sign anyone play- else? Because I, I see another message from a friend that says, "Love to spend one hundred and sixty-seven million dollars on centers after drafting a center." Oh, because they gave Jared Allen the hundred million, million. yeah. Oh my- yeah, like, it just doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, like, I guess Love is just never going to play, which I guess makes sense. But, he's like, broken, yeah. I mean, I he, mean he, I... he's just not playing, probably. But, like, still, like, Markinen and Alec, like, this is worse than the Bassinger situation. Like, yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah, saying yeah. something. All right. Yeah. We'll this have a good rest fun. of your day, Kirk. Yep, you too, buddy. Have Thanks a, a bunch. All right, so I will. I should probably get back out of those. Took a vacation day today. I'm gonna go uh, go look at some furniture. Maybe Bed Bath and Beyond. I don't know if we'll have time. Um, I will put in a support ticket for the green room attendees because the notification thing is interesting. For everybody listening on the podcast, I have a pod coming out with Lauren uh, Gunn on probably Sunday night, heading into Monday morning. Uh, just to make it through the off season, I'll probably keep kind of interviewing members of our staff because we have like 25 people that, you know, pitch in every now and again. Um, yeah, this has been fun. More fun than it ought to be. Always is. 
I'll try to do one of these next week at some point. You guys have yourself a great weekend.